Welcome back to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Josh, here with... Mella, Lacey. And Rashawn. You know what the fuck it is. Before we get going, like, rate, and review us uh, if you haven't. And if you feel so inclined and are so financially able, uh, buymeacoffee.com slash WCA. Uh, any support, emotional or otherwise, is greatly uh, appreciated. What's up? What's up? Hey, Josh. What's, every, what's everyone been doing? What's everyone been watching? Me and Rashani went to go see that old flick with uh, Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore called May December. What I thought Ooh. you were going to say. <laughs> what do you think I was going to say? I'll let Rashawn talk about it. He might be saving that one. We saw it at the <laughs> Lamley. And, oh, you know, it's nothing. That is not the plot that I thought I was going to walk into. <laughs> <laughs> did you know about um, it ahead of time at all no nothing. oh damn it was just like two of like great actresses and that's all i needed and just obviously a may december age gap and i was like yeah fuck it walked out like well that's not what i was expecting but i had a good time i think this might have been like my first or second it's todd haynes right the director mm-hmm. this might have been my first or second todd haynes movie so i was kind of like a little afterwards we started talking about the movie and discussing it i understand the vision now i don't want to say too much because i feel like it's going to come up later in the year and you guys haven't seen it but right it's an interesting watch and i don't know i feel like i kind of want to see it again at home isn't it nep yeah, yeah it's on netflix yeah. mm-hmm. i We'll probably be saying more in a couple of weeks, but um, I'm I'm a huge Todd Haynes fan, Natalie Portman, Julianne Moore, Charles Melton, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say anymore because I, I will probably be talking about it pretty soon. Lacey and I just started Fargo, the new season of Fargo, mm. on FX. Juno uh, Temple, <clears throat> I want to. Juno see Temple, it. John Hamm, Lamorne Morris. It's a great cast. It's very it's very heightened uh, as Fargo can sometimes be specifically with the dialogues some of the actors can kind of land it some of them can't juno temple is fucking phenomenal lamorne morris is as effortlessly funny as he always is in one episode in so i'm enjoying it if it's it's an fx kind of heightened dark comedy so obviously it's right up my alley but it's an anthology series so if you saw the cast and you're interested in watching this season you that's fine. They are, have no relation to previous seasons. So, so far, I recommend it. We'll see how it goes in the future, but big fan. Josh and I watched Mike Birbiglia as the old man in the pool on Netflix this week. I don't want to say too much about it because I went into it fully thinking it was a stand-up special. Mike Birbiglia is one of the most underrated funny people that we have in the industry right now. I think he's extremely witty i think he's extremely charming if you haven't seen don't think twice absolutely see that movie it's one of my favorites he's in it does a phenomenal job but the old man in the pool is a one i would call it more of a one-man show than Mm -hmm. i would a stand-up show 100 percent does this beautiful job of melding comedy heart and wit he talks about a lot of death and it's a lot about just being present and celebrating what you have right now. It's really moving. It's it's yeah. really funny, but it's really moving too. I really for, enjoyed it. For my stand-up heads like me, Mike Birbiglia has kind of carved out this really niche sort of singular position in the stand-up world that he alone occupies where he does essentially his his specials are essentially one-man shows. They go beyond just like a stand-up special. They're really, they're really cool. He like tours. He was at the Amundsen, right? He was at the Amundsen for mm-hmm. a while with it. Like, he's already 
doing his next one right now. It's it's really cool. It's the other thing I want to talk about is a movie that stars George McKay, Anya Taylor Joy, Charlie Heaton, and Mia Goth. Came out in 2017. I had never heard of it. I'd stumbled across it on Hulu. It is called Marrowbone, and it is a psychological thriller horror movie. Have you guys seen it? I haven't seen it. I've I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. You saw it, Rashan? Mm-hmm. I had no idea what it was. I had I did I barely read the summary, and the summary doesn't even really give anything away on Hulu. Unlike Netflix. Unlike Netflix, that tells you the whole plot. <laughs> yeah, the description is barely a blip on the radar of what the movie actually is. And so I went in with zero expectations. I clicked play because I think those four actors are really compelling and I really enjoy watching their work. I think the film is very divisive, extremely divisive, but I I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's a very slow burn. You have to be in the mood and the headspace for that. And if you are one that doesn't like twists, you might not like it, but I really enjoyed it. It is directed by the same man that wrote The the Orphanage, El Orfanado, which is one of my favorite movies, um, Sergio G. Sanchez. So I just loved everything about the aesthetic, the color palette, the performances, and I thought it was just like a really solid thriller. So I recommend, I had no idea it existed, I really recommend seeking it out and watching it. Cool. Did you it. like it, Rashawn? I did. I did. I didn't love the twist, but yeah, you know, like you said, it's kind of divisive. It, it reminded me of kind of a meld of the orphanage and the others. I said in my review, I was like, this was like a mix of the others. What did I say? The others, the Babadook, and the Secret Garden. Like it's this really weird, like. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how to explain it. Did you ever see uh, Sofia Coppola's remake of The Beguiled? No. Um, it's not Supernatural, but it's uh, Nikki Kids, Colin Farrell, Kiki Dunst. It's really, really good. Um, but it's it's kind of like this without any kind of supernatural underpinnings. But I, I yeah, I, I liked it. I did like it. I like the orphanage a lot. So, yeah. Like you. So. Yeah. Um. And then to sidebar that, Sergio. G. Sanchez is on a great episode of Script Apart, which is another podcast about writing and screenplays and developing work. And he talks about the orphanage on that and references Marrowbone in it. Mm. It's a really great listen if you're into writing podcasts. Anything else? Mm -mm. Mm. Say less. (laughs) Listeners, you can read. (laughs) You saw the title. You got the notification. What are we fighting about today, you guys? Josh. Yeah. Today we are fighting about Bruce Almighty. Let's go. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Life was unfair. (laughs) Have you ever complained about it? So God is picking on you? What is that? The only one around here not doing his job is you. You must be Bruce. Who are you? I am God. <laughs> Please. Okay, how many fingers am I holding up? Seven. Aha! <laughs> You've been doing a lot of complaining about me, Bruce. You think you can do it better, so here's your chance. When you leave this building, you will be endowed with all my powers. 2003's Bruce Almighty is a comedy movie. Uh, that, as IMDb puts it, is about a whiny news reporter that is given the chance to step into God's shoes. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, it's directed by Tom Shadiak, written by Steve Corin, Mark O'Keefe, and Steve Odekirk. It stars Jim Carrey, Jenna Aniston, Morgan Freeman, Lisa Ann Walter, and Steve Carell. And it is one of my favorite movies of all time. I fought for a long time about bringing this to a po- the pod for a couple of reasons. One... When we started this, I actually hadn't watched Bruce Almighty in a while, and I was afraid if I rewatched it, I wouldn't love it the same way that I did in my memory. And that was, I wanted to kind of cherish that, and I wanted to to hold on to that. 
And two, I don't know, there's just some movies that kind of speak to you that are special to you. And it's not like I have like, it's not like this was my dad's favorite movie. It's nothing like that. Just for some reason, this movie, I've really connected with it. And it's really special to me. But New Year, New Me, it's time. We've waited <laughs> long enough. I keep like kind of half mentioning it. It keeps getting brought up. It's time. All that to say, all of my fears were unwarranted. I fucking love this movie. It is still one of my favorites. I would absolutely take a bullet for this movie. If someone was holding a gun at the DVD case of Bruce Almighty, I would jump in front of it like a Secret Service agent. Oh, please don't. Wow. I'm not yeah, doing that, but... Not even a, a Blu-ray? Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that... We'll get into, there is a deeper conversation that can be had about this movie, actually. I think I think it kind of does a nice job of towing the line of letting you think about religion if you want to. If not, you can just enjoy Jim Carrey at his Jim Carrey-ist, but we'll get into that a little later. Um, Lacey, what you got? It's, it's great. It's a great movie. All right, um... Mel. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say that during this watch of it, I was like very arms crossed at Bruce for a lot of the movie because I was just like, he sucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this guy sucks. We can get into it. I'm not sure that he's like fully changed by the end of it. I don't know. I have very complicated feelings about Bruce. But I love Jim Carrey. I think Jen Aniston is just precious in this. It's funny. I think it's heartfelt. If God looks like Morgan Freeman, I will be a happy girl. Period. Mella. What's up? What you got? I don't know your opinions on this movie, like, at all. Yeah. Um, Bruce Almighty DVD was one of the first DVDs I've ever gotten i feel like that's a lot of people mm -hmm. i think yeah. they were like right in the moment it was just yeah i think it was just one of those as soon as dvds came out this was a veil it was like this and me myself and irene which i like let's go <laughs> ran through so i know this movie quite well to the point where rashawn was like oh you know it really well <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude of course i like this movie i think through this episode I might form a solid opinion on it as of now I'm just like yeah it's Bruce Almighty I like it it's funny I don't know if I have any like true deep thoughts on it but we'll see as we come along so obviously first up it's gonna be a thumbs up for me totally yeah I wouldn't have it any other way uh <laughs> Rashawn hey what you got Josh uh-huh I'm going to just outright give you your thumbs up because I know <laughs> this movie means a lot to you. I don't I don't want any pity thumbs up. Don't worry. There was nothing else. I know I said I said that like there was something else after it. There's nothing else after it. Don't you worry. I, I love Jim Carrey. I feel like I don't know what episode it was, but you asked me and Carmela if it's not. It might have been Groundhog or Scrooge, but you asked us if it's not Bill Murray. Who are we? as a people writing for and i said jim carrey hmm. mostly because of the living in living color connection well, of course and he's just like super super funny i i if gun to my head you know like what's your like top five favorite jim carrey bruce almighty doesn't register for me and maybe top that's five? sacrilege i don't know Damn. but <laughs> i think this movie is like good not great sometimes weird and bad but hmm. weird like, and bad. like problematic or just like a bad movie um i don't know if i really feel any feelings about the religious aspects because i don't think the movie thinks about it that hard yeah so i'm not like offended at all i am a religious person but this movie isn't like offensive to me i think its message is like gobbledygook but that's fine <laughs> gobbledygook I mean, gobbledygook he said gobbledygook you know the the sorry to go all save the cat on you but i feel like the fun and games of the movie are is why the movie was made the minute he gets his powers and he just goes crazy totally. that's the reason you come to see this movie yes Bruce, uh, jim carrey as god you know and on yeah. that front i think 
it half delivers. So my thumb is up and Jim Carrey is the one keeping it up. But I will say my shining <laughs> center of the movie, I think, is Jennifer Aniston. I think she's really, really, really good. And she's in possibly a better movie. But Oh, what? Huh? I know. A better movie? For my money, I think this is my favorite Jen, maybe second to horrible bosses. But aside from that, this is my favorite Jen Aniston performance. So, respect on the good girl. I don't know that. Anyway, I'm here with Catherine Hepburn's mom. Tell me, why did you throw the blue heart of the ocean jewel over the railing of the Titanic? Did you feel bad at all letting Leo DiCaprio drown while you were safe floating on the big door? Could you have taken turns? Or were you just too afraid to freeze your big fat ass off? I guess that's how life is, isn't it? Some people are drenched, freezing to death on a stupid boat with a stupid hat, while others are in a comfy news studio, sucking up all the glory. Oh, well, no big deal. Oh, look, it's the owner of the Maid of the Mist. Let's have a talk with him, shall we? Come on in here, Bill. No, 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 no. Come on, let's have a talk. Come on, what are you doing? Bill, you've been running the Maid of the Mist for 23 years now. Tell me, why do you think I didn't get the anchor job? Hey man, I don't want any problems. I don't want... Is it my hair, Bill? Are my teeth not white enough? Or like the Great Falls is the bedrock of my life, eroding beneath me. Eroding, eroding, eroding. Put a black in Put a black. I'm Bruce Nolan for Eyewitness News. Back to you, fuckers. Let's start with Lacey's critique of Bruce. One of my favorite things in this is Bruce is a shitty guy. And to me, the ending, when he kind of has his turnaround, when he has his epiphany, when he really tries and becomes a good man, I think is so satisfying. I think it's so great. I think every needle drop in this movie is perfection. (laughs) <laughs> I hate them all. <laughs> all? <laughs> all. They are the first vinyl that you would pull in the section. You know what I mean? Like it's it's the top Spotify pick. You know what Dude. I mean? Dude. And they all have the word God in them. They do. Except for except for the best one, which is the Elvis needle drop, little less conversation when he's going nuts with the powers. Cloud nine. You understand? <laughs> Dude, it, it makes me so happy. Oh. Uh, so I kind of have a counter to Lacey's bone. I don't think he's shitty enough. I don't think he's that shitty. Oh. As shitty as someone deserve. Okay. I don't think he's that shitty. And I don't think he's shitty enough for God himself to come down and be like, Yo, you need to learn a lesson. I think there are other movies, um, for example, Scrooge. Like, obviously, he's playing Scrooge, but that's a shitty person who needs to learn a lesson. I think Bruce is in a bad place. I think he's doing irritating things, but nothing that can't be solved by an apology. Or is it that Bruce is an inherently good person, which we see at the end, and God is intervening before it's too late? Before he turns into Scrooge. Because Scrooge is going to hell. Let's get that out of the way first. 80 bad years. <laughs> and then five good ones. Five good ones. He's gone. He takes a peek. He's, yeah. He's he's on a spit roast. So. Let's get that out of the way. Wait. Scrooge, Scrooge is. Scrooge, <laughs> Scrooge is shoveling Scrooge coals in hell. Scrooge or Bill Murray? Both. Uh, wait. Wait. Do, um, Bill Murray the human or Bill Murray Scrooge? <laughs> Scrooge. <laughs> Scrooge. Scrooge. Yes. But the, what's the point of the... Let's not do a Scrooge episode. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. I, th- yeah. I think, while I agree, Mel, they could they could really... He probably could have done worse because he still has flashes of him being good even when he's at his lowest. I take it as this is a good man who is almost about to sort of become irredeemably blasphemous and bad and, and, and kind of divine intervention preventing that. Yeah, I I see that. I guess my take on it is that I simply just don't think he's that shitty. (laughs) That's really it. I just don't think I don't think he's like a bad person, which obviously this movie shows that he's not. He's just like kind of in a bad way right now. I don't know. I feel like I watched the movie and I'm like, okay, I really want to see 
Bruce as a shitty person. And like I said, I've seen this movie a lot. So I never really got that. And I'm like, okay, let me watch this movie with that lens. Cause I know you guys had talked about that before. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's, it, maybe it's Jim Carrey. Maybe that's the, the thing of it is like you cast Jim Carrey and it's kind of hard to see a shitty what I, guy. What I think maybe I think Lacey is picking up on big time is he was a, sh- he's a shitty boyfriend. Like he's not good in their relationship. Like he's a good guy. He helped. He comes to the defense of the homeless man slash God. But like even Jack says at the beginning when Bruce is like, maybe I should just be more like Evan. Uh, you don't want to be like Evan. Evan's an asshole. I can be an asshole. No, you can't. But I th- I think <laughs> you're right. I think it, I think it is that he's he's a bad partner, and mm-hmm. because. He does that moment with the boss. That's literally what I was just thinking of. He flips a sandwich over and then he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And he picks it all up. 15 minutes later, he does the exact same thing with Grace's photo album and all the photos. He just hits them out of off the table and leaves them and leaves her and storms out. Like this man is so fully just focused on his career and like that line about having a mediocre life like that is such a that's so such a cruel thing to say to your partner he's at uh, his lowest like yeah. yeah i i i agree but i also wish grace was giving given a lot more nuance because mm-hmm. i i feel like she's a great enough girlfriend to understand that he's not talking about their relationship yeah but the movie needs her to be hurt mm-hmm. and i think jennifer aniston is doing a lot of a lot more than what she's given and and i think that's my problem with the movie is like the kickoff and even his come to jesus moment at the end hinges on his relationship but the middle of the movie is not concerned with he and grace yeah mm-hmm. And I, if, it, if it was a movie about how she had to date a guy who got powers from God, like, that's a great rom-com. But the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie deal with that. And then all the middle stuff is him, like, bringing chaos to the world. And I feel like if it stayed in that little insular apartment and it dealt with that, maybe I would dig it more. Because by the halfway point, I kind of check out of the movie. To be honest. <laughs> the best part? It's not that funny. It's it's not that funny. It's not. Sp- uh, Which part? What's the halfway? Yeah, what? what? I Where know. I know that's crazy to say, but Jim Carrey is funny. This movie is to me is not. I don't but know that it's necessarily be. trying to be. Like, like there are moments that I think it's trying to be funny, but I don't think it's overall trying to be a Jim Carrey funny movie. The monkey butt. That is, I'm saying, that is a, yeah. a moment. But after that, like the midway point, I don't think the middle of the movie thinks it's a Jim Carrey comedy. I think the tone of the movie does kind of change. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's a bone I have. Is that it, it becomes a different movie, and then at the end, it returns to being that movie again. The same way that Bruce returns to being his good, kind-hearted <gasps> self. Hero's wow. Journey. Who wants to play a game? <laughs> Say no damn heroes journey. <laughs> do you guys think do you guys think uh Bruce still has the powers at the end? No. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Morgan Freeman ain't playing. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. He, you he never explicitly like takes them away though. I don't yeah. I don't know if it's like he don't got Do them. you? Do you think he still has them? I, I usually didn't think so, and on this watch, I I don't know. I think that's the whole point, is you don't need them. Right. But, so he could take them away, but he could also keep them to prove that, like, you can have them. It doesn't matter. You don't need them. You make the world a better place by being you, Bruce, not by being God. Yeah. I don't think he has them, but I think it's also, like, you have the power of self. You know, like, you, you just be a good person and good things will happen to you. But I don't think he has, like... He can pull the moon anymore. One of my favorite parts of this movie is how, like, obviously the big moments, like the lottery thing causing a riot, <laughs> but like, even the little things like that, like him pulling the moon, changing the tides, like, yeah, yeah 
that shit matters. I don't know. Something about that is like very, which I think is, is, is maybe a reason why not to <laughs> invoke this, but why Evan Almighty doesn't work as well, because you don't really see that. It's not the only reason why Evan Almighty wasn't as successful, but I think it's it's a symptom of it is that like, even though there's this flood that's happening, you only like, it's only about Evan and his family. And it's just like, no, that's like a world changing event. Everyone is going to die. Like, But back to Rashawn's bad point. You don't even like the you're a god needle drop. It's just like, no creativity behind it. And that's fine. You know what I mean? It's just. Yeah, it's just a list of songs that are kind of I, about God. I love, 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 love. And I, I turned to Carmelo and I said this. When he's the first moment, because my mom loves it, when he starts walking on water and I've got the power starts playing. Like, it's <laughs> just, it's that will play during Jim Carrey's reel at the end of his oh, career. You know yeah. what I mean? That's that's movie star stuff and he's he's Jim Carrey. I love that. But... It's like the the first Suicide Squad. <laughs> the needle drops are just so literal. Easy. Yes, and literal. So that's all. I don't like. Here's the thing. I think they. I think it is a little on the nose. Like you said, Mel, where most or all of the songs have the word God in them, but I still think they managed to find the right tone of song. Like. The, there's a god-shaped hole when Jen Aniston's going through her crisis. Like the tone of that song is very accurate, and the tone of the the "You're a God" song, is it by Everclear? Probably not. Is I think the tone still matches. It's not just like, all right, just go to Spotify, type in "God" and like play. So yes, I think it can be a little eye rolly on the nose if because each song has the word "God" in them, but. It's also like they still work 2003, right? Like uh-huh. this is this yeah, like That's we, how the needle drops were then. We, that's how it is. Like I just feel yeah. like in movies especially especially comedies, especially rom-coms where if you watch this theater, I did not. Or if you watch this in the theater, I didn't. I imagine that you're like, "Oh shit, like this song." Like it's yeah. another yeah, you just know the songs and it's kind of the experience of it. I think now later now on we're like yeah it's part of the filmmaking process it's like yeah it's yeah. intertwined with the movie and the marketing even and yeah mm-hmm. no, um I was a what do we kid in the theater this is a this is a birthday movie for me so what um it came out the weekend of my birthday um did your how did your parents react to this movie was it this is like a will always Flip through the channel, see this, and stop and watch. My yeah. mom loves Jim Carrey. Yeah, and, and and like I think you said at the top, it's pretty inoffensive with its portrayal of religion and Christianity and God. I think it's pretty safe. Yeah. Um. I mean, whether she you... will, she will kind of like side eye anything. So there are things in this movie that she's like, Mm-mm, "Don't do that. <laughs> Don't play with the Lord like that." But uh, you know, it's it's a down the line four quadrant movie it made like 500 million dollars yeah and god knows how much in afterwards too in merch and dvd sales Speaking i saw of, on imdb oh, sorry just really fast i saw on imdb yeah. this is jim carrey's highest, highest grossing movie that's that, insane that makes sense though i mean what else the mask maybe the grinch yeah, yeah. oh yeah the grinch huh <laughs> think about the grinch rishon you grinch know didn't make more than that I don't know. According to IMDb, that's crazy. Wow. If if it's wrong, it's IMDb. It's not me. I'm not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. How many now? Seven. Aha! You've been doing a lot of complaining about me, Bruce. And quite frankly, I'm tired of it. Wait, 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 wait. Don't come near me. Seriously, when I'm backed into a corner, I'm like a wild animal. I don't want to hurt you, but I will out of instinct. You haven't won a fight since grade five, and that was against a girl. Yeah, she was huge. She'd been held back. And the sun was in your eyes. 
Oh, there you go. Anyway, I brought your head off your job. Your job? What job? My job. You think you can do it better, so here's your chance. When you leave this building, Speaking of, what do we think of Morgan Freeman in this? I know it, it, it. That's, that's God. Yeah. That, that is God. That's Jesucristo right there. Or Sean. <laughs> hmm? You've been awfully quiet whenever this subject comes up. You know, he, yeah, he's Morgan. It's, it's a magical Negro. And that's fine. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. wondering yeah. about. But yeah. it's, you know, he's also the voice of God. Yeah, it should be Morgan Freeman. And he's, yeah. he's great. So it doesn't avoid the trope, but I think it's able to kind of shield itself from it because of specifically Morgan Freeman and his voice. Yeah. Um, like I said, this, this is IMO. This is just an inoffensive movie. So I'm not going to monologue about that. Like it's, it's a fun comedy. Hell yeah. It is fun as shit. Um, <laughs> I will I say, I Oh, go ahead. Oh, I remember. I don't, I okay. I said all that mess about I need Bruce to be worse, right? Like I need him to be shitty, mm-hmm. and I still stand by that. However, <laughs> I don't think the Susan Ortega little mess around is. I get we need we need a like an inciting incident so Jen Ann can walk in and see the kiss, and I get that he wasn't trying to like hit on her, but I just don't like it i just don't like that little plot line i wish it was something else i don't know off the dome right now but just the little like oh hey susan you're fucking hot like just everybody in the office like just thinking she's like yeah well also with that flip with the 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 2000s flip Mm. dude she had the grip that Catherine bell had on 12 year old josh (laughs) brother (laughs) dude (laughs) I, I, watching it this time around, I kind of agree. I think it could even just, they could have maybe amped up or played up the proposal thing. Like, even if, you mm-hmm. know, maybe Bruce has done this before or kind of flaked before on a proposal and that can be the incident. Um, yeah. Same. I don't know. Just in terms of Bruce, Bruce has shown his negative side in so many other mm-hmm. reasons, but he's always been like loyal and faithful and yeah. it's never been in doubt. And it's like, yeah, that. To me, this time, I didn't, like, totally hate it, but I was like, eh, you could have done something else. You could have found yeah. a different reason. Because I think, like, he's, like we talked about, he's bad because he's a bad boyfriend. He's not a a bad person. But when you add in that he might, he could he could cheat on a good day, it's like, oh, you know, like, you're not, you're not a good person maybe at all then. Then you yeah. don't deserve Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> right. And also, you're cheating on Jennifer Aniston. Come on. Look at Jenna in this movie. Holy, like, like huh? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Please. So she's, so she's so good in this. But, girl, are you really going to show up to this big party in jeans and a tank top? She was just seeing some B&J. Give her a break. I'm just saying, like, this is a swanky party, and she just rolled. She, like, was at home, and she was like, I gotta okay. go right now. I feel like she was like, I got, I got a mission. Fuck it. Yeah. I would have thrown on at least a proposal dress, get some use out of it. A dress? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't wear a dress, but like a nice jumpsuit. There you go. <laughs> Yo, talking about the proposal scene, lot like every time, it's the right, f- you- out of the, the the whole movie. This is like the funniest <laughs> moment to me. The volume? Are you a sucker for the volume thing? No, no, can't it's, hear. It's even like. Less I know what that. it is. What? When Tony Bennett turns and just... No, that's funny too. Oh, okay. It's literally just Jim Carrey getting watery-eyed. Bro, Yo, yeah. I don't know why it looks so funny to me. It's like Puss in Boots eyes. <laughs> and the fact that like we already know as the audience that he's not going to propose, right? Like Even if you yeah. watch it for the first time, we already know. Yeah. And he's so emotional about getting lead anchor. Down on one knee. Like. I, I'm i no good. I'm no good after that. <laughs> Busting all up? All the moments in the movie? Yeah, literally all the moments. Like, I laugh <laughs> other times, too. But that one, I was like, Rashawn, look at his face. Look at his eyes. <laughs> Rashawn's like, I'm 
I am. I am. <laughs> I'm actively looking. I got ink. Slapping Rashawn. Did you see? Real tears. Prayers, prayers, okay, prayers. Uh, this creepy whisper thing has to end. Organization and management. That's what I need. I need a system, something concrete. Concentrate. Files. Let all prayers be organized into files. Well, that takes care of the voices. Not exactly a space saver, though. Grace might notice. I know. Prayer post-its! Speaking of side characters, uh, Steve Carell is a, like a powerhouse in this movie, too. Like, re- really watching what he does, specifically in, the, in that in the scene, like... He, I think in that scene at least, not in the whole movie obviously, but in that scene, he genuinely goes toe-to-toe with Jim Carrey for like wacky comedy. The like The Steve Carell gibberish scene. Ah, uh, I thought like... Yeah. If you really think about it, like Steve Carell is like kind of setting the pace for that scene. It's not like... Again, people shit on Evan Almighty. I'll defend that movie. I don't care. I love Evan Almighty. <laughs> uh, I don't think Evan Almighty is that bad. It's not as bad as people say it is. But I think people shit on it because he was Steve Carell was so good in this movie, and that scene is one of the funniest of this year or era of comedies that like you can't replicate that in a whole movie. But it's so obvious watching it now, you know, twenty years removed, that like, oh, of course, of course, he got a spinoff. He mm-hmm. steals the movie with one scene. Of course, he did. Yeah, and I think it's Jim Carrey and Steve Carell. Their comedies very different but very insane yeah like it just it just works so it's it's funny to watch like these two people now obviously at the time i didn't i don't think i really knew who steve carell was right Not, you yeah. know the office hadn't happened yet and but i was like oh this person can like you said go toe-to-toe with jim carrey and it doesn't seem like one of them's trying to like overpower it it just works mm-hmm. and there's something i noticed especially in this one too the reason why I love Steve Carell, I think he's, I think he's so great, is there's a moment at the end of that scene, like this whole movie, we hate Evan. Evan's the biggest douchebag in the world. Like Evan's the villain. And after that scene where Bruce takes control, there's a moment where Evan's laughing to himself at the end, and he kind of like just puts his hands up and like has this look where he's like, okay, I'm gonna get fired. Mm-hmm. And I don't like, he's like, I don't know what just happened. And I like genuinely felt so bad for him in that moment. Or it's like, yeah, yeah, he's an asshole, but. That was crazy. <laughs> he just My tiny little nipples went to France. <laughs> <laughs> Hate when they do that. Hey, uh, what else, y'all? What else do we feel? I mean, obviously, oh. I know it's... Oh, yeah. I think the real star of the movie was Sam the dog. <laughs> Talk about it. Listen, I cannot imagine being in charge on a set that has children and or animals on it. It has to be so distracting and so difficult to stay on a schedule um and I read in the trivia on IMDb that the director loves animals so like after every take he'd go over and be like who's your good boy and like love all (laughs) over the dog and that the fight scene where Sam starts peeing in the house and Jennifer Aniston you know she says don't yell at the dog it's not the dog's fault and Mm -hmm. grabs Sam by the collar. <laughs> Sam was just like a really friendly dog. And so she'd like grab his collar and he'd start wiggling and like get excited <laughs> that she was touching him. So it took them like 20 takes because like every time he got excited, Jen Aniston would be like, oh yeah, you're so good. You're not in trouble. It's okay. <laughs> Fake. I'm kidding. That's but so he's good. so cute. I think it's uh, speaking of animals, where was it? I also saw it on IMDb. Yeah, the monkey from the alley, monkey of the butt. Mm-hmm. Same movie, same monkey from Outbreak. Same monkey from Friends. Yeah, that's cool. Same monkey from the Ace Ventura movies. So they're friends, they're pals. They do the works, dog. Steady <laughs> <laughs> paycheck. Dude, huh? <laughs> Dude, Outbreak, that movie was on heavy rotation. Bitch, when Outbreak came out, I thought, oh, 
I'm gonna get bit. Like I, that movie <laughs> did something to me. A hundred percent. Stay away from them. Yes. Anything else, y'all? I know uh, this went pretty much uh, how I hoped it would. Uh, not <laughs> how I was expecting. I, I expected a little more pushback. My favorite scene is like 15 minutes in. His his blow up at the waterfall is just like, <laughs> dude, so <good>. to have <laughs> that All going the about the Titanic. And <laughs> when he pulls he pulls the owner over. And he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and slams the mic in her face, dude. <laughs> Back to you, fuckers. It's just really, really good. Um, I don't. I mean, like we said, it's pretty inoffensive. But I want. I, I'll touch on it a little bit. I think a, a big reason why uh, I I got so attached to this movie is because I've also had crises of faith growing up. And again, it's through the lens of Jim Carrey and through the lens of comedy. But to see such a big budget movie kind of touch on that i think is is really cool um obviously i think this this movie is not not pro christianity but very much like it's you know have faith be a good person that say your prayers it was cool especially when this came out to see someone who like gets mad at god and you don't they're not the villain and it's like Mm -hmm. there's there's a moment where like yeah you know what obviously he's mean to grace but it's like yeah you know what he has every right to be mad at god like literally nothing is going right for him and i don't blame him and I think that was kind of cool to see. And it's what kind of, as an adult, attached me to this movie. Well, the man demanded the chip. Well, the man demanded that the chip of boy. As a response to allegations. I'm sorry, I'd say perhaps something stuck in my Somebody give him some water, please. It looks like my new co-anchor may need a glass of water. Oh, here we go. Sorry about that. In other news, the Prime Minister of Sweden visited Washington today, and my tiny little nipples went to France. What did he just say? Check the prompter. The prompter's fine. Evan, read the copy, please. The copy's good. Just read it. The White House Reception Committee greeted the Prime Rib Roast Minister, and I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. I like a do da cha cha. I know Jim Carrey is kind of like stepped away from acting a little mm-hmm. bit, right? And the Jim Carrey we all know and love is 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 this is like that slapstick, cartoony mm-hmm. human. Do you think if he came back in five years, he'd be able to do that and people would be into it? To be able to do like this, something like this movie, or yeah. Just like something like this, or like Ace Ventura, or or do you think? Oh, do you think like uh, would Jim Jim Carrey slapstick connect to a twenty twenty five audience? You mean? Yeah, yeah. Trying to remove if he came back, and we all know Jim Carrey. Yes, but if like Jim Carrey came onto the scene now, I don't know actually. Like if it was a new thing, I think he's really really funny as as Doctor Robotnik. I've seen both mm-hmm. of the Sonics, and he's he's really really good. Um, but yeah, like you said, Mal, like we already know his shtick. So. Right. I think it would really depend on the material and what yeah what he was and in. He's also he's also not the center of that movie, so mm-hmm. it's, you get it in doses. Like I'm just trying to imagine, you know, someone like my nephew who didn't grow up with Jim Carrey. Like we right. all did, right? Like we all knew like Jim Carrey is like a class on its own. Like that is something to be studied. That is a, a total form of comedy. But like my nephew who knows who he is just through my brother at like maybe 15, Jim Carrey comes back and Jim Carrey's doing his Jim Carrey. Is he going to be like, what the fuck is this? You know? I think each generation has a different level and different, thing they consider as cringe yeah and i think goofy silly might be considered a little cringe right now um i don't fully know it could change in a year it could change in a week i think it would still be successful i don't think it would be jim carrey in the early in the early aughts successful like Mm -hmm. also do you guys know what the aughts is (laughs) yeah Lacey blew up at me yesterday because I used I the did term not the blow up at you. <laughs> Lacey blowing up? <laughs> Never. Not 
blow up at blew you. Blow up the mic without being on. The mic. <laughs> Had you not I, heard of that? I just didn't know. Okay, I learned late because Rashawn was saying it, and then I had to context clue, it, and then I finally looked it up. But I do know know what it is now. Nodding like you're in class, like you're just woken up, like mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I've been doing that for a long time. <laughs> so I just asked. I asked. A perfect parallel is Adam Sandler. I was going to think, that. yeah, per, like definition of right time, right place, right actor. Adam Sandler in the 90s, Jim Carrey in in the 2000s. I think they just like the perfect time. Their comedy was perfect for the era. All the scripts that were being made at that time were per- like, I think it's just mm-hmm. and they're still both very talented and they would be very successful outside of those time periods. But I don't think we'd ever quite see that level. Right. It was a moment in time where it was just. They're very, sub- I mean, we just watched a, or started a Eddie Murphy movie. Mm-hmm. Candy Cane Lane? Yeah. <laughs> I only watched like 15 minutes of it and then I had to turn it off. Us too. Us too. Damn. Just, as soon as the tree was up, we're like. <laughs> well, it's just sad. I just felt sad for yeah, him. because I'm like, that's not, even, what was the movie last year? You People. You know, you watch Sandler, Murphy, Carrie, and they're just, you know, they're they're mature now and they're doing a different, they're in a different gear. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get a, like, Dolomite is my name. He gets to be Eddie Murphy and it's that's so, true. so, so good. This movie is exhibit number 897 on why we need to bring back blooper reels. A hundred percent. Please. Good. Why don't we have those anymore? I don't get it. Nothing, like... Mid credits or whatever, they they seem they produced. seem a little produced and forced yeah. so they can release a gag reel after it goes to streaming. Like, give me the blooper reels where I can hear the crew laughing. Mm-hmm. Like, give me the blooper reels, visibly flustered but also laughs it off. Like, dude, classic comedy blooper reels hit harder than you can always tell when they're real. Obviously, because of this time, but. If you watch like the other actors in the background, there's some that are laughing and then there's some like, I don't know whether to laugh or not because are we still rolling? Like the day players and the extras who are like, am I allowed to laugh? And some that (laughs) are just locked in that are not going to fucking budge. And it's like, it's like, okay, it's okay. The DP is laughing. You can crack a smile. It's okay. (laughs) Bring them back. We have little Marvel. We sit through three hours and then we wait. We will wait for the fucking bloopers. I promise you. They're, they they're seem just like people making funny faces at the camera. And yeah, like, we don't want those. Bloopers. No. Yeah, they're, that's why they're not called bloopers. They're called gag reels now. Mm. I'm not gagging. <laughs> 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 There's no better way. Like if I'm leaving the theater and I and I'm like a little on the fence. Like I think I like the movie, but I'm walking out and all of a sudden a blooper reel starts and I'm like laughing with the cast. I'm leaving happier. You know what I mean? I'm leaving in a better mood. I have a better opinion of your movie, even subconsciously. Bring back blooper reels. Sure. Damn it. All right, last call for any grievances. No grievances. I just want to give a shout out to the prop and set design department, specifically mm-hmm. for the post-it note scene, because that Dude. was insane. It's so cool. I thought of, yeah. It's so cool, and it's yeah. so cool that it's practical and that they actually did it. They made a suit for Jim and for Sam, the dog. Uh, it's so good it's just awesome so big shout out to that i, I bet that project started really fun and then <laughs> yeah and then yeah, they were like, like fuck fuck <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm in a good mood um so my bad but who wants to play a game uh, me oh you're bad all right everyone gird your loins a big part of the movie that I really like that we didn't really touch on is the sort of once Bruce has his powers and this sort of sizzle reel of him becoming Mr. Exclusive and like finding all the news events. When I think of this movie, I think of shit like that. The Mark Twain chili cook off. <laughs> that shit's that shit's so good. That's a good one. <laughs> when he like turns the camera and pull, you can see his hand come up and pull half his mustache off and turn back around. <laughs> um, in that vein, this game is called Mister or Mrs. Exclusive. Ooh, what's gonna happen is 
you three are going to figure out where I'm reporting from. So I'm going to start by giving you, it's going to be three hints. And if you get on the first hint, three points. Second hint, two points. Final hint, one point. Right? And they're going to get progressively easier. So um, you get one guess per hint. I'll say that. But I'm going to start by giving you the location of this historic event that I'm at. Uh, Bruce would always find himself at historic events that he created, like unearthing Jimmy Hoffa or meteor landing, whatever. But these are going to be famous events in American history. Ooh, um, what? There's some pop culture. There's some history. It's not just like the Hindenburg exploding. Like it's <laughs> Josh. This is a movie podcast. I wasn't sure how mean you guys were going to be. I pulled a Rashawn. You chastised me for something I never do. And now you're doing it. You did it once. You did it once. And that, it was pretty cruel that one time. And it was brutal. I don't remember what movie. I don't remember the game. I just know there's a, still a deep cut here. Convenient. Convenient. Um, so I'm going to give you the setting first, a kind of vague hint, and then the final hint is going to be kind of a giveaway. When wherever we do a fun buzz in, <laughs> at least one person forgets about it it's and just me. says their I'm name. I'm the one that forgets. <laughs> it's lazy. <laughs> I just say my name. Just say our name. Keep it. Okay. Keep it true. No, no, say no. That. I like we're live. <laughs> we're live. We're live. Okay. I'm yeah, a, you know what? Say we're live. Say we're live, and then tell me what we're live viewing. Tell me okay. the event. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. This event happened on February 26, 2017, in Los Angeles. At the Dolby Theater. Uh, we're live. Uh, Rashawn, we're live. Fuck! We're, uh, we're, cutting, is... to, we're cutting to Mello. Uh... We are live at the Oscars award ceremony when uh, La La Land yeah. thought they won, but Moonlight, Moonlight swept it. <laughs> Three points for Mello. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I'm going to walk into that room and punch her in the face. Come over here, baby. Make my day. <laughs> punch me with what? All right. <laughs> Great job. Commitment to the bit. That's three points. That's perfect. All right. Next event. Wait, can we just talk about for a second that Rashawn's most threatening punch move is an undercut? What? I gotta take a, take a couple molars out. <laughs> Next event happened on December 25th, 1776 in Pennsylvania. Uh, we're live. Uh, we're cutting now to Rashawn in the field. Rashawn. Uh, we're live at the signing of the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Not quite. No. Oh. December, on December 25th? <laughs> Christmas Day? This is America. Damn. What the fuck? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because it was a so, thought. So, no, no, seriously. It was dude, a thought. It was and a thought, and I. We celebrate Jesus's birthday and the signing of Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Double check. <laughs> I am deleting this. As I will not be this stupid on. on my- I get to be this stupid all the time. Come on. <laughs> okay. Uh, good. Next hand. Uh, in the middle of the night, the currents of the river begin to pick up. And finally, the general commands his men into their boats for a surprise attack on the British army. Fuck. Is this, um... That's not right. It's it's not the Boston Tea Party, is it? No, it's not. I should have done that earlier. Rashawn? I'm gonna get the... I'm gonna get the war wrong. I know I don't. You don't need the. I I don't need the name. I don't need the name of the war. I need the event. I need what is happening here. What? There's a. Is it? Oh, uh, we're live. Rashawn, you have a guess. You in five, four. The American Revolution. We're cutting to. It is the American Revolution. We're cutting to Mel in the field. It's when they're like the the British are coming. That is incorrect. Uh, Lacey, would you like to take a guess? Uh, it's the, we're coming to you live from the Battle of Gettysburg. Incorrect. Sorry, Taylor. Uh, <laughs> Dude, we're the worst. 
This was Washington crossing the Delaware. <laughs> well, it's, we don't know that. <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought that was more commonly known than it was. That's on me. <laughs> Josh, you knew no, don't 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 no. do that. Washington, you knew this was going to be Washington just a full game of the Delaware. making us this look like deal. idiots. You knew that. That's this, a famous thing. Washington it, Crossing. It's guys, called the it, Washington Crossing now. It might be a famous thing. I just not on this podcast. This is a movie podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm sure there's a movie about it. Find Next it. Next event. Bring it to the pod. You don't want that. You don't want that. <laughs> Mm-mm. All right. Next event happened in February uh, on February 22nd in 1980 at the Olympic Center in Lake Placid, New York. We're live. We are now going to Mela in the field. We are at an ice skating rink where Tanya Harding hit that Incorrect. bitch in the knee. <laughs> That bitch in the knee. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm getting word that uh, in the midst of the Cold War, this group of twenty somethings took to the ice, and the words of Al Michaels echo through the air and through everyone's TV. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. We're coming to you live. Uh, we're now going to Lacey in the field. Uh, the Mighty Ducks are skating around <laughs> in the arena. <laughs> and they point, win the championship. Point. Give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just give him movie answers from here on out. This <laughs> is a movie. <laughs> this is a movie. Tanya, I'm um, Tanya. Um, um, we're live. Rashawn. We are live at the the Disney Walt Disney Original uh, Motion Picture Miracle starring Kurt Russell. <laughs> no. <laughs> what is this? It's the Miracle on Ice. Oh my God. Oh. What is that? Like, when a group of like twenty-year-old college kids in the middle of the Cold War. Beat the multi-time Olympic champion Russian ice hockey team. Oh yeah, Lake Placid, right there. There they go. Oh my god. She. I, I was right about the Kurt Russell movie. There's a movie about it. What's the movie called? It's not called Mi- Miracle with Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> it's not D D three Mighty Ducks. Okay. It's what a- is the Don't movie called? I have asked. It's Miracle on like Ice. He said these were going to get easier, and they've only gotten harder. Harder. as fuck. Miracle on Ice. Listeners, you, you guys don't know the Miracle on Ice. <laughs> right? Do you believe in miracles? They're oh, pausing. They've pulled over to Google. It's like oh, the most shit. famous moment in Olympics history. I was kind of right. I was kind of right. I'll give you half a point. <laughs> Thank you. So bad. Okay. This next it's event. so bad. <laughs> on october 6th 1927 at the warner brothers theater in new york city 1927 1927 uh we're alive we're going to the field we're going to mela in the field this is the first time we hear a talkie picture called the fucking what's it called, Roshani? <laughs> hand hand the correspondence over. Correspondent, Roshani, help me out with that title. No, if he gets it, he gets the three points. Anyone? Uh, I'm gonna read the second. The jazz singer, it's coming to me. It's coming to me. The jazz can singer. Can we can we get a clean answer? We're going to melee in the field. We're coming at you live from. Uh, the theater where we've just heard the talking picture for the first time, the jazz singer, people are going crazy. That is correct. That is the world premiere on, of the first talkie picture, the jazz singer. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> we're, we're still live. We're still live. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Rashawn's about to hit uh, the 
to maiden of the mist speech on me after all these questions. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's wearing the hat. <laughs> what is it? Audrey Hepburn's mom? Catherine Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn's mom. <laughs> the way the way he moves the mic is so good in that scene. <laughs> all right. You guys aren't gonna get this one. <laughs> Let's see, we've been so good so far. This happened on May seventh, nineteen eighty nine at the Richfield Coliseum in Ohio. Um it no no guesses for three points. Not not with that one. So for two points it's the um it's the NBA playoffs. The score is ninety nine to a hundred. Uh we're live. Rashawn, do you want to commit? You started to speak first. We're live witnessing the victory of the dream team. <laughs> That's the Olympics, not the NBA. <laughs> Back to you, fucker. <laughs> Mel, you started to speak? We're live um, with the Chicago Bulls when Michael Jordan gets the winning point when he was when he had a bad knee. I'm going to... Too many details, but it is Michael Jordan's Michael Jordan's the shot. That's Michael Jordan's <laughs> game-winning shot with three seconds left. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes. My game. It's, I love history. It's the one where he hits it, and then he's jumping, and he does the like fist bump mid Everyone's seen it. What, I know you've he, seen it. I thought something was wrong with him. That's you're thinking of the flu game. Ah. Uh, which experts believe he was actually hungover not the flu uh <laughs> we're funny. live yo uh our, <laughs> our correspondent Lacey is back from, from her vacation congratulations michael jordan on miracle of the court <laughs> i already Are you trying to scoop carmella <laughs> i think she's just congratulating him no i, I just I, like you had miracle on ice miracle on the court i already mm. told i already you know, a half point for Lacey. Yeah, okay, I didn't get a goose in. <laughs> All right, final one. Mella has eight points. Shit. Now, do we want to make this dicey and triple or nothing, or do we want to just fight for a dominating victory or second place? From <laughs> Let Mella have it. She's having right. a good right. time. All right, Mel, let's see if you can run away with it. Or it's a fight for second place. This event happened. On November 27th, 2019, in stage two at the Warner Brothers Studio lot in Burbank, California. We're live. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in the field with Rashawn. <laughs> is this what I think it is? <laughs> it might be. We're live with three friends who attempted to play. Nope. <laughs> attempted to play what? I know. I'm like, where are you going? Was this the word game? Me and Linda? Me? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's what I'm getting. We lost. Um, okay. That was after quarantine. Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, while decorative... We're no, we're not. <laughs> while, uh, holiday set dressings adorn the stage while two women uh, discuss a 30th birthday party. <gasps> oh, we're live! We're going now to the field. Uh, we have Lacey on the scene. We're live from the stage of the Ellen Show where Dakota Johnson has just... <laughs> Exposed a rat on stage. It's Two points for Lacey to second place. Um, congrats to Miss Exclusive herself, Mella. Hey. Dominated that game. <laughs> Have you guys seen the end of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker? No. Yes. <laughs> 
it's a really quiet, peaceful scene between the <laughs> Walking Phoenix and Robert De Niro and a gun. <laughs> Lacey, I'll show it to you. Okay. <laughs> That's my bias. I'm sorry. I thought the Miracle on Ice was more well known. Oh, blow me. Josh and, and George walking You're through Delaware. You're not making us feel better. I'm not a po- I, I I will take full responsibility for the Washington crossing to Delaware. That's on my bad. That's my bad. That was just a dumb mistake. I just just let it go. We we are dumb. We know. We went to art school. <laughs> Not dumb. Should watch more hockey though. All right. Oh, okay. Wrapping things up. Um, seems we can come to the conclusion that Jim Carrey is in his prime for this movie. Jennifer Aniston. This is one of her best. Uh, and Bruce Almighty is just a fun, easy, inoffensive. Good time. Hour 40. Can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong. So uh, we won't be doing a six degrees between this movie and next week's movie because next week we have a special episode with a special guest. Um, so instead, I'm calling an audible. And none of them know that I'm doing this, but we are going to be doing a six degrees of separation uh, based on my last game. So who can tell me the fastest connection between the star of Moonlight, Mahershala Ali, <laughs> And Dakota Johnson. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I got it. Of course you do. Take hmm. it. Mahershala Ali is in Hidden Figures with Octavia Spencer, who is in The Help with Viola Davis, who is in Widows. With Cynthia Erivo, who is in Bad Times at the El Royale. Two bangers, dude. Nice. Go listen to both of our episodes. Good job, Rochelle. I needed a win. You did. You got it, baby. You got it. This one is uh, (laughs) real real rough for the RJ heads on the pod. (laughs) Uh, Sorry I let you guys down. Okay, that is it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we'd love if you took a moment, like, subscribe, rate us on Apple Podcasts. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Good Pods, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode, or you just want to show us some love, shoot us an email at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Josh, Mella, Lacey, and Rashawn. Thanks for listening, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. Hey.